Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Why don't we start today with an update on that supposed non-story. For a supposed non-story, there sure is a hell of a lot of story to this alleged Michigan signal-stealing scandal. For a supposed non-fire, there sure is a hell of a giant plume of smoke emanating from Ann Arbor right now. And for a supposedly buttoned-up purity program, there is a lot of messy, sloppy, ugly drama with the Michigan Wolverines right now. And you know what? It's getting messier and more dramatic by the hour. A bombshell Washington Post report dropped after I got off the air yesterday. It continued to flesh out the alleged scheme allegedly spearheaded by some dude allegedly named Connor Stallions. All right, so among other things, here are the allegations. Example, Michigan had their in-person scouting assignments for the season all scheduled and budgeted out. And their total spend on that operation was more than 15 grand. And the money trail is definitely interesting, but it's not really the big bombshell from that Washington Post report. The bombshell was the big reveal that, quote, the sign-stealing investigation threatening to disrupt Michigan's football season began after an outside investigative firm approached the NCAA with documents and videos that the firm said it had obtained from computer drives maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches. End of quote. Uh, Can we get a, uh uh-oh! So the NCAA was actually tipped off by an outside investigative firm for this. And somehow that outside investigative firm was able to obtain, quote, computer drives maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches, end of quote. Uh, Questions? So many questions. Who is the, quote, outside investigative firm? And who hired the outside investigative firm? And how did the outside investigative firm get that kind of internal access to the program? Access so good that they were able to obtain, quote, computer drives maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches. End of quote. I think we almost need a DECA. Uh-oh! Uh-oh. On that one. Uh-oh. 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 All the uh-ohs. That's what you need. The fast uh-ohs. The slow uh-ohs. The duck uh-oh. Uh-oh. One Carl Lewis uh-oh does not feel good enough. I mean, damn, program of purity. What a mess. And even better, it seems like and feels like and looks like an inside job. Like, it's not just the entire Big Ten who hates you guys. You also have people in your own building that apparently hate you. So just to get this straight, where we're at this morning... We allegedly have a network of Michigan scouts illegally filming the sidelines of future opponents in a scheme allegedly orchestrated by some dude named Connor Stallions. 
And then we also have a mysterious outside entity investigating the scheme and leaking its findings to the NCAA and the media. I mean, it's like some kind of bizarre college football spy game where Michigan allegedly has a spy network to spy other teams, but there's also outside spies spying those spies. And then there seems to be also double agent spies inside the house helping the outside spies spy on the stallion spies. Did you follow that? What a bleep show, men of Michigan. If all of this, or even half of this is true, then it's a long, bleeping way from nothing. In fact, it all sounds pretty elaborate and schlocky as hell. The alleged Connor Stallion's espionage operation was not all that clandestine, but it was pretty involved. They allegedly had a scouting network and a schedule of who would be where and how much it would cost, and a system where scouts would upload their footage to a hard drive so that others on the Michigan staff could access it. If that's true, that's not nothing. In fact, that's a whole lot of something, actually. So, Michigan man, with that information now, if you'd like to come up in here and defend your program, fine. I'm here for it. But you're going to have to do a hell of a lot better than that one dope who hit me with the following yesterday. And I quote, hey, dumbass, Dumbass. get off Michigan. Everybody's doing it. End of quote. Great take, Michigan man. It sounds even dumber today than it did yesterday. And yesterday I thought it was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard anybody say on this show. Again, quote. Hey, dumbass, get off Michigan. Everybody's doing it. Very sophisticated and nuanced take, Michigan man. Good job, whoever the hell you are. In fact, when your dude Harbaugh has to talk to the NCAA again, this time, instead of lying, he should just go with that. Hey, dumbasses, get off me. Everybody's doing it. So now Michigan man is running with something new. They, they know, hey, dumbass, get off Michigan. Everybody's doing it is not a very good argument. So now they're running with this. Now they're saying, hey, listen, there is no hard evidence that Harbaugh knew anything about this. And maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe no smoking gun. Maybe no evidence that points directly to him. Maybe no evidence suggesting that he knew. I would argue, how the hell could he not know? How could he not know? I'm just posing it as hypothetical. How could he not know? He had his mole, Connor Stallions, on payroll, on his sideline, communicating with assistant coaches during the game. But Harbaugh didn't know anything about this elaborate sign-stealing program that they were allegedly running. He just let this dude engage with his coaches during games without knowing why. He was cool with some staffer talking to his assistants in the middle of games, but he didn't know why and didn't even care. You're buying that, Michigan man. That's what you're going with. You're buying that. Not me. I don't buy that. But you know what, though? I like to get both sides of the story out there, so I'll play along. 
I'll play along, Michigan man. All right. Harbaugh didn't know. Harbaugh had no knowledge that that was going on. Fine. Fine. One, he didn't know. If he didn't know, it's because he didn't want to know. Number two, if he didn't know, he should have known. And number three, it doesn't even matter whether he knew or not. Not as far as the NCAA is concerned. His program, his responsibility, the buck stops with him. Lucky for you, Michigan man, there is no actual smoking gun. Not yet. But there does seem to be new information every single day. And where there's smoke, there's generally fire. And right now you've got a big-ass black cloud hanging over arguably the best team in the nation with its eyes on the natty. Here's the other thing, Michigan man. Don't come running up in here with some sob story about some scorned rogue booster with an alleged agenda. Yeah, I've seen that popular story and theory floating around right now. The theory that there's a prominent Michigan booster who felt scorned, who also serves on the NCAA Infractions Committee, and that he, in fact, is the source of those leaks. Hey, maybe. Maybe that is the case. But let me ask you this, Michigan Defender. If you weren't doing anything wrong then why was there anything to investigate and leak in the first place? And let me ask you something else. Why the hell is a Michigan booster trying to railroad Michigan head coach in this, their best year in decades? And how is this happening to a program that's playing so well that might be the team to beat? Right when this program appears to be on the verge of a legit title shot. Right when the quarterback is the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. Hey there, let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is where you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I love how fresh it is. I love the options it gives me. And I know that I'm eating well and it tastes incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Roam and use the code 50Roam for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use that code 50Roam and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So again, don't tell me this is nothing. It absolutely is something. This is not much ado about some tiny program with no relevance. This is much ado about the number two team in the country whose quarterback also has the current odds of being the favorite to win the Heisman. So again, I don't want to hear about a giant nothing burger. It's a giant something burger. And it's going to hang over the rest of the college football season, whether the men of Michigan like it or not. Then again, does it really even matter to Harbaugh? 
hey, Michigan man, you do know that this dude is going to be on the first thing smoking out of town if he can convince anybody in the NFL to hire him. You know that, right? You know he's going to run that Pete Carroll playbook if he can, right? Just whatever you do, don't tell me this is nothing. We can debate how big it is, but you can't debate that it's not something. 1-800. And again, you're going to have to do better than, hey, dumbass, get off of us. Everybody's doing it. I don't know. When you read that report and you see how elaborate it is, I'm guessing not everybody is doing it. In fact, I know not everybody is doing it. 1-800-636-8686. There is your top story. I've got an NBA whip around, too. Lots of interesting things. Rare and exotic sightings in the NBA last night. And Wemby. Wemby played his first game and did not disappoint. Got off to kind of a slow start, but there was foul trouble. Oh, one more thing. He is 19. He is the most hyped thing ever. I love what I saw from him, actually. I mentioned Andre Reid at 940. Bills. The Bills do not look like the Bills. The Bills haven't looked like the Bills. The Bills have to have this one. You know, to me, they'll win. But will they cover? That's the big question. Big Head and I will get into that. You've got your World Series matchup. It gets underway tomorrow night. Very unlikely matchup of the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, but I love it. I'm here for it. I don't think that the entire nation loves it. I know TV executives don't love it, but what's not to love, man? They earned it. They both belong there. Rangers v. Diamondbacks, who you got? And if you want to beef about anything at all, do it at the top of our number three beef. Pushed out an episode of the Jim Rohn Podcast yesterday, Ep 286, with the great John Morosi. We talked baseball, of course, but we actually got into his background, which was really interesting. He is a Harvard man. Let me check my reaction really quickly before I go to my first break. Romer! Hopefully tonight, Tampa Bay can steal the show. Yours, Florida skank. They say they have the best draft in the entire NFL. Are you surprised to hear that? Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. Andy in Portland. Hopefully tonight Tampa Bay can steal the show. Steal the show. Andy, she's a Jaguar fan. Why would she want Tampa Bay to steal the show? Steal the show. She might be the most famous Jags fan not named Queen Nika. Dude, how do you make that mistake? Andy in Portland. Ward James Kelly and Bochi waxing poetic on Hedgie's ass next hour. Hedgie, what's the number on your ass right we now? Let me tell you something. Boach's world. My man can do and say whatever the hell he wants. I love Boach. Such an amazing manager. Hey, Tan Man. No need for you 
and the head to do big head bets today for tonight's TNF game. We both know you two are laying the points per usual with the Bills. <laughs> Consider taking the Bucks tonight plus nine for real, especially if Ed Oliver doesn't play. How'd laying the points treat you guys this past Monday, by the way? TJ in Iowa. Yeah, that's fair. See, now that'll take. That's fine. That's good. That's fair. You're right, bro. You're right. Hey, Head, I love that this guy said, why even do it? We already know what you two morons are going to do. You're going to lay the points. I will tell you this. Before I get into it, TJ, before I tell you what I'm doing, one, what you said is fair. I'll own that. And number two, I've been going back and forth. In fact, I'm gonna, I haven't made my actual selection yet. That's how much I hate this game from a gambling standpoint. I love the game from a fan standpoint. I'm totally into it. But I've not yet made up my mind what I'm going to do. Because, of course, without letting you inside and without doing the entire segment right now, of course there is a big part of me that thinks the Bills, the Bills. But then I've been watching the Bills. I've got eyeballs. I've got an open mind. They're no longer the Bills. Not the Bills that we know. So, yes, I'm convinced they're going to win that game. But playing the way they're playing, can I justify laying nine? That number is huge all of a sudden. That dude's actually pretty funny. Let's see here. At Brian Grierson. Buying ticks and sending them to somebody to film a game may be illegal, but please stop calling it elaborate. Slow news week, Rome? No, bro. Slow listeners. Slow listeners, bro. Not a slow news week. Did you not hear what I said about that report? Slow news week? No, just slow listeners. Top story, dude. Big story, bro. Big deal, bro. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined right now by Andre Reed. Andre, my man, it is so good to chop it up with you and get caught up. What's going on? How are you? Good, man. I'm doing great, man. It's always uh, always nice to be on with you, man. You you know how people are when they be talking, bro. You just you just let that go past, and you do your thing, and I really enjoy uh, 
uh, what you do and how you talk about things, man. You put you put great perspective on things, and I well, like that. Hey, Honor, that means the world to me. Sincerely, dude, I appreciate that so much. That is such a nice thing to say, and that's praise <laughs> that you have to earn, so I appreciate you. So let me ask you, you, you are the legend of the game for tonight's game, Thursday night, in the matchup yeah. between the Bills and the Bucks. I know you live in Cali now. How pumped are you to be back in western New York and have a chance to reconnect with the Bills Mafia? No doubt about it, man. And Bills Mafia is everywhere. I was uh, in London. They took over London um, when I was there a couple weeks ago. There, and they uh, uh, every time I come here to Buffalo, it's uh, it's just you know it's it's like I played here like two weeks ago. Um, it's uh, the fans here, you know. But Bills Mafia is is a movement, and they're uh, they're everywhere. So they not only do they support their team, but they're so uh, they're so good in the community, helping other guys, helping guys with their. Uh, you know, their community work and all that, they're always giving back. Um, obviously, last year, you know, with the snow and all the things that happened last year with this team, the fans were there for that team, and they, they really appreciated it. They really, uh, they really enjoyed it and appreciated it. You know, Bill's Mafia really is amazing. Andre, I want to ask you this. Like, I've done this long enough that I take great pride in the fact that I used to speak to you and many of your teammates while you were going to the Super Bowl every year in the early 90s. I spoke to you, yeah. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Marv Levy, Cornelius Bennett, Daryl Talley. The list goes on and on. All these guys would come on the show. You never got that one ship. But when you think back on those times, were they yeah. actually the best of times? Do you have positive thoughts? Or is the ring always the thing? And if you don't get it, is that the overriding emotion? What do you think about when you think about those times? I think about the, the guys I was with, Jim. You know, I mean, now years and years and years have passed. Um, obviously, you played a game to win a, a championship, and it didn't happen for us. But there's seven Hall of Famers from that team. There's uh, a Hall of Fame coach, owner, and, and GM. Um, obviously, we did something right. And we, you know, now as the years go on, it isn't – people don't talk about, you know, you guys lost four. They talk about that – that journey and they talk about man that must have been hard and how did you guys do that and how did you keep everybody together um nowadays you can't keep you know a core guys together like like back in the 90s and we take pride in that and every time i come up here i'm not only reminded of it it just gives me that kind of feel of not only the fans but what the city meant to me as a player what the city means to you know all 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 bills players that play here um they're some of the best fans in the world man and you know what until you come up here and really realize, you know, how they go about doing things, you come to a game in Buffalo and you see the fans and how they give and how they cheer and how they go about their, their daily business, man, it's, it's a great fan base. It's one of the best. It's an amazing fan base. Andre, I've always said it, and I said it back in the day. I say it to this day. It takes a hell of a team to lose yeah. four straight Super Bowls. I'm not being flip. I mean that. It takes a damn good football team and organization to lose four straight Super Bowls. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So, like, when you had that K-gun offense clicking and you were catching yeah. TDs every Sunday and Thermal <laughs> was running wild, were there days when you were thinking, as long as we don't turn it over, we can't lose because there's not a defense that can stop us and there's not an offense that can score with us? Exactly, and, and that was the feeling every time we came into the game that we obviously you got to score more points than, the, than than your opponent. But we had everybody in the place that we needed. We had a great running back, a great quarterback. We had two good receivers, really great receivers, Hall of Famers, and me and James Lofton, um, a bend but don't break type of defense with Bruce and Cornelius and Daryl Talley and um, all those guys back there. It's um, you know we complemented each each other and. 
You know, sometimes things don't happen the way you want them to happen, and, and they didn't. You know, when it was four times we were at the Super Bowl, it didn't happen the way we wanted to. But I wouldn't have – you know, Jim, I tell people I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else than those guys. And uh, my memories of, of the comeback game here in Buffalo and my memories of all the games here, that's going to stick with me forever regardless of winning and losing, which is, the most, you know, the important thing. But I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else other than those guys. I think that's the right perspective. I think you nailed it. Of course, you want that ring, but you always have the memories, the bonds. They, those, those things will last forever. So, Andre, yeah. where do you come out? The team has lost two of their last three. They're four and three heading into yeah. the game tonight. And look, we know they've been hit really hard with injury, especially defensively. Yeah. I'm not saying it's time to hit the panic button, but have we reached a point where we better at least know where it is? In other words, yeah. does it feel like it's getting late pretty early? Yes, it is. And, you know, they've been talking about this team the past four or five years now with, um, you know, the, is the window closing for the Buffalo Bills? I mean, that's what the media has been talking about. Uh, and, and, you know, I was in London. They, they, they lost that game to Jacksonville. It was a good football team. Uh, they came back, and, and they should have really lost to the Giants two weeks ago. Um, and they, uh, um, you know, they lost last week to the, to the Patriots. So this is a win. This is a mental psyche, mental psych kind of win situation for the Bills tonight here uh, in Buffalo with, you know, playing the Bucks. They have to win this game um, to not only get back on the winning track, but to make to get that feeling again that, um, you know, we can win games. And, and you, you, you said something about the, uh, the injuries. The injury bug has really hit the Bills on the defensive side of the ball. You know, losing, losing Tredavious a couple weeks ago, Daquan Jones. Um, Von Miller really isn't Von Miller yet. And everybody's waiting for Von Miller to be Von Miller, um, and they lost, uh, you know, a couple of other guys. Uh, it's 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 devastating. Um, so uh, they lost Matt Milano, who I think is their best defensive player this year. That's played on defense this year. So they got their work cut out for them. You know, uh, tonight is going to be a big big test for them. I mean, the Bucks aren't a team that you can just roll over. Um, who knows what Baker can Baker Baker can do anything. And he can come out and have the game of his life tonight. So uh, they just have to play and don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, make the right decisions on offense. Take the ball away. That's how you win. Not only that, but the Bucks they've cooled off since their hot start, but they're really good defensively. Yeah. That is a good defensive squad. Now, Andre, yeah. you are part of Encore Golf. What exactly yeah. is that? What do you do and what's the product? Uh, Encore Golf is a, a golf company here in, in Buffalo. Um, it's a premium award-winning a golf company and uh they're they they specialize in golf balls um and it's patented technology uh they're the only second company since 1926 um to get the usga uh to change the rules of golf ball technology uh, and they've been founded here in the queen city of buffalo um so I'm, I'm i'm glad to be a part of them um with josh allen who's an investor uh zeke elliott charles swab um, there's a lot of guys that it's getting a lot of traction on the tour too. You know, there's two guys that are Harold Varner Jr., um, Taylor Gooch. Uh, there's, there's a couple, you know, tour players that are playing the ball. So, um, I'm just glad that it, it comes out of Buffalo and, and, uh, it's a very good ball. And, um, you know, I play it every time I play. Uh, so, uh, I'm really proud of what they've done uh, with their technology and, and, uh, it's Buffalo based and, you know, that's the way we do it. I love it. I love that it comes out of Buffalo. I love that that technology and that business is coming out of Buffalo. Again, yep. tonight, you've got a Thursday night matchup, Bucks and Bills. Andre Reid, Hall of Famer, is being honored as the legend of the game for tonight's matchup. 
Andre, I appreciate the friendship. I appreciate the relationship. Man, it's so good to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for doing that. Have a great night. Always, Jim. Anytime you need me, man, I'm here. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. Bruce Bochi. Boach, it is absolutely awesome to speak to you once again. How you feeling, Bruce? Hey, Romy. I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, it's good to chat with you. What's going on? Oh, it's so great to chat with you, Boach. You know, I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. It is just great to chop it up once again. In fact, Bruce, you and I spoke earlier this year, and you told me you had a really good feeling about this group. That said, Bruce, you had been retired for three years. You were living your best post-baseball life three years now, and now, bam, you're right back in the World Series. It's incredible, really. What's it feel like? Well, I'm like you. I, I think it's incredible. Really amazing. Uh, uh, very, very blessed. Uh, I mean, last year at this time, I I was sitting on a recliner, and here I am in the World Series back in the fire. So I I just uh, can't believe, uh, you know, that we're here. I know how hard it is to get here. But to your point, I when I came over here and talked to CY, Chris Young, or general manager and you know just listening to his commitment and how bad he wanted to get this turned around and ray davis our owner uh i'm not surprised we got to the postseason but you know to say that we would be in the world series uh yeah i i'm uh really really uh fortunate to be you know with such a good group a good group of players front office everybody it's just been an unbelievable run we're talking to Bruce Bochy. Bochy, you'll never make it about you, but they're really lucky to have you as well, so I'm going to say that. Now, you've seen it all in your decades in this sport as both a player and a manager, but have you ever been part of a series quite like the ALCS where the road team won all seven games and you had to win the final two in Houston to get to the World Series? Never, never, and, and go figure. It's hard to make sense of that. I have no way to explain it. I will say Houston came in here every time this season and just being on this. They just love hitting here. I wish I had a reason why, but uh, they just uh, were very comfortable. But when we got to their place, we played them better. We took two out of three, the first series we saw them. And of course we had to win four there to, to get to where we are. And, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's hard to figure this game. That's, that's why you play it. I guess uh, I, I will say uh, these guys uh, I have here, they just kept getting up all year. You know, to get beat on here, lose three games, especially the way we lost that last game in the ninth inning. For them to get up, go to Houston, win two, just says a lot about their makeup and their intestinal fortitude, how determined they were. And uh, I'm just uh, very, very uh, proud of these guys. Bruce Bochy joining us. In fact, Bochy, I was going to go there next. I know it's tough for you to say, but when you look back on it, you've had some great teams. You've had some really talented teams. But when you lay it out like that, where would this group rank for teams in terms of heart, resiliency, determination, grit? Well, it's right up there at the top. I, I can go back to 2012 when we were facing uh, elimination, what, six times in, 
and uh, we had to win every game. I think we're down three one to St. Louis. We had to come back and and uh, win the next three. So it, it's very similar. I when when I look at those two teams, uh, you know how gritty they were, how determined they were, and just their deep desire uh, to get there. And um, it starts with uh, talent, obviously, but you got to have that makeup on the ball club, that, that culture, and uh, and these guys just kept. As I said, kept getting up every time they got punched. Hey, Boach, tell me, I mean, maybe I'm off base on this, but you mentioned culture. I think, I mean, obviously, this is one of the biggest reasons why they brought you there. I'm going to say and try to make the argument that they didn't necessarily have that. I mean, they had six consecutive losing seasons. So whereas you might have been stepping into a good situation and inheriting plenty of talent, they did have six straight losing seasons. How did you go about changing that culture, that mentality, that mindset? Yeah, well, I mean, hard question. I, I will say, Romy, uh, I think one of the, the toughest hurdles to get over at the end when you're trying to get back to playing winning baseball is uh, is just believing you can win. And, you know, when you've had, what, five, six losing seasons, uh, you know, sometimes you just have that doubt. You don't you don't maybe put, you know, play for the right reasons sometimes. Uh, and that right reason could be a cause. That cause could be – you know, for the city, for the front office, whoever it is, for your family. Uh, but the biggest thing I tried to get them to do is just play as one. Just play as a group. Uh, you know, we we got, you know, if this is going to happen, we have to do it together and we have to play as one. And uh, and so, you know, that was kind of the, the theme at first. And, uh, and just keep preaching it. And, you know, these guys have done a great job of that. And uh, just having, as I said, each other's back, staying united, and uh, I just love and, and admire and respect these guys and the fact that they, you know, they are playing together. World Series gets underway tomorrow night. Game one, Bruce Bochy joining us for a few more moments. You know, Boach, like you, I think that Max Scherzer's legacy is already cemented. He's got three Cy Youngs. He's got 3,000 strikeouts. So what's it say about this guy that he worked as hard as he has to come back from shoulder injury and not necessarily to be that horse, to be that guy, but rather just to be a part of it and do whatever he can to help this group win? Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I've been lucky to manage some, some great players. You know, going back to San Diego, you know, Tony Gwynn and, and uh, you know, just uh, just tremendous players from Posey and Bumgarner and these guys. And, and you know, getting to know Max, you, you learn really fast how why he's so good and why he's pitched so long. Uh, uh, first of all, the passion he has to, to compete. I'll start with that. But uh, how hard he works and how prepared he is. And, and when he had this injury, you know, at first, you know, sure, he was disappointed. But after that, he was determined to get back. In fact, we held him back uh, in that Baltimore series. He wanted to come and help us out in the bullpen. But we were concerned that something would happen. And if you IL guy during the series, then he's not eligible for the next series. So we backed him off so we could start him in the next series. And, and he's all in. He, he's not, there's no ego there. He doesn't need to go out there and pitch five, six, seven innings. If it's starting, give him his two or three, he's fine. He's told me, all I want to do is win. And, uh, and, and you get it now. You get why this guy's had a tremendous career. We're talking to Bruce Bochy. So, Boach, what about the matchup, the matchup itself? How impressed are you with Arizona's grit, their toughness? And what do you see when you look at Torrey Lavello and his group? Right, right. Uh, no, they're playing great baseball. I mean, they took three out of four this year, promise. But, you know, they play the game right. They they pitch well. They have good starters. Uh, uh, they've really 
have done a great job of getting that bullpen together. I mean, the back end of their bullpen is really tough, but they play the game of baseball. They like act, uh, like uh, action. They like to run. They, you know, they'll bunt. They'll do things. Uh, but then, you know, they can slug some too. And uh, uh, very good defense. Uh, that shows up every day, and that's what I'm proud about our club. So they're very similar in that respect. Uh, but they they grinded, and uh, you know, to look at who they beat. I mean, to sweep the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. Then go in Philly and beat them. So we we have our hands full. It's going to be a great series. I, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Boach, what do you mean? It's important to be able to catch the ball? That's one thing. I think both these teams are really good defensively. Yeah, catching the ball is pretty important, right? Well, it's the one thing I, I think that has to show up every day. I probably preach that as much as anything, starting spring training. And I know all clubs talk about fundamentals, but these guys, I'll give them credit. They were out there every day working. Uh, the coaches did a great job of, of just getting them to – the focus on the defense. I mean, the hitting's going to come and go. The pitching's going to come and go. But the defense has to show up every day. If that does, it's going to keep you more games, give you more chances to win. And it, it did that for us this year. No doubt. Bush, one last thought. You're going to give the ball to Nathan Evaldi in game one tomorrow night. Understandable. He's been so critical. Did you give any thought to giving Jordan Montgomery the ball tomorrow? And Or ultimately, was that no-brainer to go with Nathan? Yeah, Romy, I'll be honest. It, it was a no-brainer. Once we brought uh, Monty in to pitch that last game, the seventh game in Houston, uh, you know, he worked pretty hard. Uh, he had two days off before he did that. So that would be pushing him a little bit. It would be bringing him back a day early. So we wanted him to get that extra day of rest. Nate's had plenty of rest, so it just uh, works out well this way. Boach, congratulations. I can't say how much I appreciate you making time for us today. I know you've got a ton on your plate. It really means the world to me. Thank you very much for joining us today, Boach. Congratulations. Good luck. I can't wait to see your guys go out there and take a run at it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Romy. I appreciate you. Thanks. So the NBA is back, and that means some of the most rare sights on earth are also back. I'm talking about some of the rarest, most exotic bleep that you can only dream of seeing, but deep down know that you probably never, ever will, right? As an example, Zion Williamson on a basketball court. Can you believe it? Zion was actually spotted on an NBA hardwood last night. Like, he actually played basketball in an actual game. He didn't come out and throw down a few windmills in warm-ups. He actually was dunking in-game last night and looking pretty good doing it and leading the Pelicans to a dub. Incredible, right? Like, damn, Alvy, Fire! Wait, there's more. It wasn't just Zion. As if that weren't crazy enough, and it is. Ben Simmons and Kyrie both played actual minutes in actual NBA games as well. So what I'm saying, this is incredible. What I'm saying is Zion, Simmons, and the Flat Earth Truther all balled, all on the same night, all in actual sanctioned NBA games. Crazy, right? Like I said, the rarest sights on earth happened in the association. But as incredible as all that was, None of those former number one overall picks was the true center of attention last night because, of course, the Spurs' new center was. The center of attention is the Spurs' new center. Wemby, of course. Wemby mania is officially on in San Antonio. 
and ask me, you know, again, because hate is the new dopamine. A lot of you won't agree with this, but ask me, I thought the guy got off to a pretty nice start. A damn good start, actually. Well, I know for a fact he did when he rose up and he swatted Kyrie on the first literal defensive possession of his entire career. That any good? Like, he's already a great NBA defensive player. Yeah, I'm going to hot take you on that. I'll say that after one game. I'll say that after one block. He is already a very, very good defensive player in the NBA. One game in at age 19. Yeah, I know. I know. This is where some of you run up in here and say, show sucks today. Easy, Rome. Hey, dumbass. He had 15 points, five boards, a couple of steals, and a block. Not exactly revolutionary stuff. Not exactly change the rules of the game for this guy's stuff. Not exactly alter the landscape forever kind of stuff. I mean, I know that some of you can't wait to run up in here and call that dude underwhelming. Not living up to the hype. Can I remind you of this? We're talking about a 7-foot, 4-inch French teenager playing in his first NBA game ever. So it's anything but underwhelming. He scored 15 points in 23 minutes. He had nine points in the fourth quarter. And he drilled three threes as well. A seven foot four player stepping out and knocking in the three ball. I mean, yes, he was quiet for a chunk of the game. A lot of that was foul trouble. But we're talking about a 19 year old with. Every eyeball on the planet on this guy in his first NBA game. And I feel like the guy got nice, really nice. And now you know why he's the most hyped prospect to enter that league since LaFib himself. So before you come running up in here with that tough guy take and that keyboard warrior mentality that this dude is overrated after only one game, man, just sit the hell down. I know some of you want to do that so badly. Do it somewhere else. Somebody else will, will host that. Somebody else will entertain that. Well, you know what? Better, better, or better yet, don't do it at all. Don't, don't do, that. do that. Don't do that. All right, by comparison, how about this? Tim Duncan, on his debut night, also scored 15 points on 6 of 9 shooting. Same exact line as Wemby. And you want to know something else? Do you know when Tim Duncan made his third career three-pointer? In his fourth season, it took him four years to knock in three three-point shots. Wemby did it his first night. It took Timmy more than three seasons. Oh, and Wemby, that's right. He's five inches taller than Timmy. So take a breath before you start puking up this nonsense about him being overrated. However, if you want to hit me with the take that he wasn't even the best rookie in that game last night, I'll listen to that. That could be true. Derek Lively, the 12th overall pick out of Duke, had himself a nice little 16-point, 10-rebound, plus 20 professional debut. And believe me, nobody was happier about that than Luka. Luka posted a triple-double. He snatched that game away from the Spurs in crunch time when he stuck the dagger in with his trademark step-back three. 
and then he stepped to an ESPN mic and he dropped this dagger in. He played amazing for the first game. I remember seeing the guy, a rookie that played that amazing for first game. I remember my first game. I was nervous. Uh, he didn't seem like being nervous, so uh, he played fucking amazing. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's the first game. We're getting back into it. Uh oh. Uh oh. You imagine being that loose, like. In an ESPN interview, he played bleeping amazing. Oh, excuse me, my bad. I'm no, sorry. Excuse me, my bad. Where are your winners? Luca. Luca's like, excuse me, my bad. I thought that I was still no, up on the second me, floor and not on national television. My bad. Excuse me. My bad, sorry. my friend. I'm sorry. thought I was in my apartment up on the second floor. Sorry. Sorry about that F-bomb. I live uh, on the second floor at ESPN. Oh. Sorry about that. It's the first game. We're getting back into it. No <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, America. I thought I was on the second floor. I didn't know I was on the hardwood. I didn't know I was on the actual floor. I thought I was still on the second floor. My bad. Excuse me. Uh, he played f***ing amazing. Oh, excuse me. My bad. Luca was not the only one who had a great night that was also involved in F-bombs because... The dude in the association who might have had the best night of all was new Celtics big man, Chris Tapps Porzingis. Something of a revenge game, of course, for KP in MSG last night. KP showed out in his Celtics debut. That's who they thought they were getting. That's who they hoped they were getting. That guy, 30, 8, and 4 blocks. And he put up all of that despite hearing it from Nick Fan all night long. Nick Fan foaming at the mouth. You know Nick Fan. These people are crazy. Crazy enough to just openly chant F Porzingis throughout the entire game. On that one, let's replay it. Look, let's see. Yeah. Think so? It's close. That's not Porzingis being mic'd up. That's at, you can hear it over the actual broadcast. Man, you gotta love Crazy Nick fan. You really do. Even if all that smack never actually works out for them, you gotta love the energy. You have to love the smack. You have to love the energy. You just gotta love Nick fan. Period. What the f baby? New York is back. Knicks are here, baby. The Knicks are. Fresh out the garden, baby. We're taking it all the way. We had De Blasio, we had Cuomo. It was rough, but we have the Knicks. Top New York Knicks, run, city. Bing bong. Tell me a little something, KB. Bing Don't bong. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't I love Knicks fan. It never works out for them, but I love them. Love that energy. I'm from New York, and you know what? Tom Brady's a bleeping bitch. Yeah, with seven rings. Nick fans incredible. Can you imagine if they ever actually won anything again? What they'd be like? Anyway, keep the energy, Nick fan. I know you will. Now, you know who has the opposite of incredible Nick fan energy and incredible Nick fan vibes? James Larden. The fat suit, Larden, showed up with his bags packed for Philly's trip to Milwaukee for their opener, only to have Philly tell him, 
put those suitcases put down. That coffee down. Go home. Take off the fat suit. We don't want you weighing down our plane. He says he wants to play. He says he intends to play. But the Sixers say that he needs to, quote, ramp up again. I'm assuming ramp up is code for slim down. Get your ass in shape. Then we'll let you on the floor. Even though you continually trash the organization and the guy leading the organization, and even though you yourself promised that you would never be a part of an organization that that same guy is a part of ever again, you want in. Morey is a liar, and I would never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I would never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Yeah, or here I am. It was so great that he said it. Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be a part of an organization that he's in. Let me say it again. For those of you in the back, Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of an organization that he is in. Here I am, fellas. Where's my locker? What time's the plane leave? Then again, it's not like Larden has any options, right? The Clippers made it pretty clear yesterday that they're pausing their pursuit of a hardened trade. Fat suit, very well played, extremely well played. If you were intending to play yourself, then you absolutely nailed it this time. As for the weight cut, my man should just go all in on a plant-based diet. Just eat those horse crap sandos that Philly fan is so famous for. You know, like you've got the South Beach diet, and now you have this, the Philly diet. Or the Philly horse pie diet. So what I'm going to need is a rally right here. I'm looking over the beefs. And they're only aight when normally they're incredible. So I'm going to ask you right now to double down. Pick up the phone. Hit your keyboard. And bring me a beef. Segment's brought to you by Old Trapper. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered all come in four-ounce bags. You can sample different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You can beef about anything you want. It's rare. Normally, I would say, man, stop complaining. I'm encouraging you to complain. And not just about sports. Anything you want. one 800 636-8686. Let's go to Mill Creek. We're going to start with the phones. Mill Creek. Will, good to have you, Will. What's your beef? Hey, Jim. I've got a beef with the U.S. government for electing a new House speaker named Mike Johnson. What? Mike Hawk didn't want any of it? That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. That's not a good start. In fact, that's a really bad start. I think I'll start over. This segment's brought to you by Old Trapper. Old Trapper. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, hot hot and spicy, peppered, all coming in four-ounce bags. You can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Clones! You can beef about anything you want. It doesn't matter. Sports or otherwise. Hit me up on the phones. Hit me up on the X. 
Hit me up via email. Hit me up. Let's try the phones. Why don't we start with the phones? Let's go to Oregon, John. Good to have you, John. What's your beef? Hey, John. Hey, Romy. Thanks a lot. Former faxer. That's how far back I go with you. I'm up on the Oregon coast, the north end of PCH, which is Tulane. One thing I can't stand are these sand and gravel haulers who don't tarp their loads. My car, my Tahoe, looks like I wash it using... <laughs> oh, man. This segment... I guess one of those big cargo haulers just jacked with your phone, too. Roll for two. We can't possibly have three calls in a row that don't work, can we? Let's go to the ATX. Vince, pick me up, Vince. What's your beef? Romy, que pasa? Welcome back. Miss you, guy. My beef was fat, Josh Hype of Coach of Tennessee, saying when we get to the SEC, he will be the only UT. Buddy, we are Texas. Got it, Texas. We have the better ones other than Barf you want to call up at Tennessee. Out. Oh, man. Not bad, Vince. I like it. I like it. Getting a head start on that Texas-Tennessee rivalry. And dragging, quote, fat Josh Heupel. Fat. It's good to be back in the ATX. ATX has made their presence felt. I love it. I love being back there. Let's go to Oxnard, CJ. In Oxnard, CJ, what's up? What's your beef? How it do, Vance? My beef is with Mensa callers from my very own 805, phoning a nationally syndicated radio show and admitting they sell weed on the black market in Santa Barbara. War Sam's to go. Peace and love, Romy. Peace and love, dude. Yeah, we had a caller from Santa Barbara, and he said, I got three jobs. And I'm like, what are they? He said, well, one involves my wine tour business, one involves me being in the IT industry, and one involves, well, you know, uh, well, you know, cannabis. Dude, it's legal. Why are you trying to hide that? What are you doing with it? That's what he's talking about. 1-800-636-8686. Clones, you are working the XR4TI hard today. They are scrambling, they are grinding, they are looking for something, anything. The beef segment usually does itself. What's going on? What, you're happy all of a sudden? You've got nothing to beef about? This segment normally does itself. Let's go back to Oregon. Greg in Oregon. Hey, Craig, what's your beef? Oh, my beef is you just called me Greg when I'm Craig, as in Craig or the wheel. Anyway, Dude, you're freaking no. done, all right? You don't like that car. I don't like that I car. saw Craig. Not a very good I thought I said Craig. I don't believe that I said Greg, but I might have. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Coined Alvin, never correct the host. <laughs> now you're done. Hey, Chuck, literally none of these phone calls have worked yet. Do we try to get right on the phones? Dude, don't take it personally. I'm not blaming you. You look distraught, dude. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, do we cut our losses short and go to some written beefs? Why don't we try that? And give the callers a chance to get caught up. Dear Jim, my beef is with split the bill guy. 
No clones. I'm not cheap. I just don't want to split the dinner bill with somebody who orders $50 worth of Long Island iced teas and a $75 entree when I ordered one bottle of Corona and a $25 entree. Be a grown-up, pay for your own food and booze. No names mentioned. Frank R. Paul in Albany having a day. If you can expose that guy, if you're going to snitch that guy out, man, do his full government, Paul. Romy, my beef is with my wife. She gets all butthurt when I forget stuff. She tells me when I'm drunk. Here's an idea, lady. Don't talk to me when I'm drunk. Jerome and Bugaha. That's kind of funny. Dodger Jano used to have this trick where on a Friday night when I used to back in the day get into the Bombay and have a martini and I was in my happy place, i.e. smashed up. She would ask me, hey, can we do this? And I'd be like, sure. And then a few weeks later, she'd be like, don't forget, we're going out with so-and-so. I'm like, the hell we are. And Jana would say, yes, we are. You said so. I'm like, when did I say so? Oh, that Friday night. Oh, you mean when I had two martinis? Yeah, let's not do that anymore. We no longer make plans on Friday nights after happy hour. So yeah, I know what you're talking about, dude. Hey, Jim, my beef is with Ziploc bags. This is such a faulty design. Attempting to line up those flimsy locking channels is virtually impossible. Tim in Clifton Park, New York. If you think that I'm going to say, hey, hey, Tim, what are you, a spaz? You can't do that? I'm not. I agree with you. You're right. I hate him. Romy, my beef, is with boneless wings. They're not wings. Hell, I'm not even sure they're really chicken. They're the bologna of chicken products. In the words of the flight deck himself, boneless wings are ass. Josh Allen. Mike in Michigan. Hey, Romy, I am sick of sports announcers saying this is the rubber game of the series, meaning it's the crucial game that wins a series like the second in a three-game series. Rubber is a freaking term from the one-card game Bridge. You know, the game that your grandparents played with friends 40 or 50 years ago. No one under 45 has a clue what you're saying or what it means. Stop it now. Rick and Chico. Or Alvin. He doesn't know what that means. Hey, Rome. I have a beef with your fellow talking heads that have decided that the word sports is now singular. And it's fancy to say sport. When exactly did this happen? I don't remember Jim McKay saying the wide world of sport as the guy breaks every bone in his body, crashing on his skis. Come on, bags. It's sports, not sport. Aaron in Iowa. Hi, Rome. My beef is with a co-worker coming back from vacation and wanting to show me pictures. Look, you tool. If you're going to show me some pictures, you should just invite me. Darren L. Y'all aren't that good today. I'm just going to be real with you. If I'm going to give you credit when you're great, I got to tell you when you're not good. Dear Jim, I'm sick of dead carcasses rotting on the side of the road. Why do wildlife still wander into an interstate highway? How stupid are these animals? I thought they were smart and adaptive to their environment. Apparently, they're about as smart as your average clone. 
Keith in Idaho. <laughs> Check this guy. This is the new guy, Ronnie from Austin. Remember Ronnie called up and said, hey, man, I, I didn't know about you or your show, and I only found out about it, and I love it, and everybody called bullcrap on it. But now he's sending me, quote, my first beef email. Dear Jim, my first beef email. Nothing is worse than someone accusing you of being a plant. Hey, dumbass. No. Hey, dumbass clones, get off my back. War not being a plant. Love the show. War, love to see it. My man is still pushing back on that. I'm not a plant. <laughs> love to see it. When he made that phone call, he said, I don't know the show. I don't really know you. A friend of mine turned me on to it. I love it. I can't get enough. And then all of you rushed in with, come on, Rome. Nobody buys that. Nobody believes that. Obviously, you that's a plant. You seeded that phone call. And he's still pushing back on that. Hey, Ronnie, I believe you, dude. Bell B is in. One of what my beef is? This What's Your Beef segment cut the big head segment short, and it's below not good. Below not good. Actually, Bella, it didn't. How do you not understand the show clock by now? It did not cut that segment short. Other things cut that sh segment short. If your argument is, hey, hey, Rome, why does the big head not get preferential treatment over the beef segment? That's a different conversation. Hey, Bo, you got what you needed from that. You got his pick. What, did, did you think that he was going to say something that you missed out on? He got Poulter in there. He got Wendy Williams in there. He got Josh Allen in there. In other words, all the hits. He played all the hits. He does what he always does. Called me Jill, called Alvin Allen, and gave you his pick. Thank you, Allen. Roll my beef. Kooks who drive with their fur babies on their lap. And while we're on the subject, unwar kooks who refer to their animals as fur babies. Vince in Fresno. My beef is with salad dressing bottles that don't have that little regulator cap thing. It's all or nothing without it. BD and GB. That's a good point. Hey, Van Smack. My beef is with people who are indecisive at the vending machine. These waddlers approach snack machines like a CPA approaches an audit. Every item number is muttered aloud and scrutinized like it's a game of food battleship. Debating between C11 or E19 doesn't matter, you human stegosaurus. I'd like to get my Twix bar sometime before sundown. It's original. I like that. Vaughn in Knoxville. Hey, Rome, my beef is any studio or radio show with more than two people. It's inevitably going to become a loud chuckle fest where each of the hosts feels the need to talk at the same time, make inside jokes, and laugh loudly so that you can't hear what's being said anyway. It becomes annoying and disjointed. Thanks. Ron in Illinois. Rome. Good show, dude. My beef is with Renaissance festivals. Just an excuse for fat-ass trailer trash to take the sexual Fat. fetishes out of the trailers and into fake medieval villages. 
Gross. All right, dude, that's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Love that. Way to pick me up, Court. Just an excuse for fat-ass trailer trash to take their sexual fetishes out of the trailers and into fake medieval villages. It's a great line. Jim, my beef is with my wife asking me like clockwork on Friday night at 9 o'clock if I took my pill. She knows I have never missed a Friday night wrestling match, nor our Saturday night SmackDown. It's uncomfortable. Assume I am good to go or stop making me feel inferior. Jim and Temecula. Right on, dude. Bravo. Thanks for letting us in. Thanks for letting us in your bedroom, dude. Problem is, dude, now you've cracked that door open. I can only imagine what he's got next week. When he starts to break down the matchup and what goes on during the matchup and the in-game adjustments. When she adjusts to your adjustment. Well, let's just stop right there, Jim. I'm good with that. That's a good beef in and of itself. Let's go back to the calls. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Grand Rapids, Nate? Hey, Nate, what's your beef? Hey, Jim, how are you? It's Dave, actually, but, you know. Ah, here we go again. You don't like that car. I don't like that car. Yo, which of you dudes are screening these calls? Are they jerking with Are they jerking with me, or are you not listening to them when they give you the name? And if you know the show and I get your name wrong, you should just roll with it because you know you're going to get run. You know what's going to happen. Don't correct me unless you feel like I've somehow insulted you and you want to make sure that all of America knows who you really are. Well, you got your credit and you got run and you're on the air for one second. Ask yourself this. Would you rather correct me and be respected and make sure the entire country knows what your name actually is and get one second of airtime? Or would you rather just roll with it and get, I don't know, 30 seconds of airtime and your beef. You made your choice. You made your bed, Nate. Now lie in it. It's not worth it. Are you sure that, are you sure, okay, are you, I think this guy, I know this guy, so I know it's his name. Let's go to Alaska. Matt in Alaska. Matt, what's your beef? What's going on, Jimmy? I've called in before with this beef about this fake-ass holiday we call Christmas and how it's based on lies. First it's Santa Claus, then it's flying reindeer, and now we got the elf on a shelf. Well, finally, my 8-year-old son wants to hang out with Dad and go to Home Depot because they got the Halloween decorations out. We walk in last Saturday, and it's Christmas. Christmas is already out. So now, good luck getting the little guy to ever hang out with Pops again. That's all I got, Romy. Keep the living easy, baby. You got it, dude. Matt and Alaska. They change. They change, right? I I can remember when Jake Rome, our older son, was just all about mom, all about mom, all about mom. And people would say to me, that'll change, that'll change, that'll change. I'm like, yeah, I don't think. That's a mama's boy right there, man. He wants nothing to do with me. Nothing. That did change. He's about both of us. So don't worry, dude. He'll come around. Even if it is Christmas in July. Even if it is Christmas every single day of the year. Let's go to Provo. 
Mike Improvo. Great to have you. Mike, what's your beef? Mr. Pimp in the Box. My beef is with stinky, disgusting computer support guys. I just want my computer fixed without smelling your deathly B.O., you pig. Hey, hobo. You have a great job. Take a shower more than weekly. Work in some soap and water and put a breath mint in. By the way, wash your clothes. War deodorant. I'm out. That was good, Mike. That was strong. That made me laugh. He has a beef with smelly IT guy. Mix in some soap and water and deodorant. No, actually, he warred the deodorant and a breath mint. You know what? You know why that is the way that is? It's it's an IT guy thing, man. They know they got us by the nad. We we totally are beholden to them. We have to deal with them and their smell and their attitude and their breath. They know that. IT person knows that. IT person knows they've got the hammer. And the BO. What are we going to do? Fix our own computer? They know. IT guy literally is like, why do I have to? Why do I have to? What are you without me? So you can deal with my BO, Provo. That made me laugh. Why do I have to? I mean, you don't have to. Good hygiene's not mandatory. It's recommended. It's not that hard to turn the water on every single day. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Tennessee? Richard in Tennessee. Richard, good to have you. What's your beef? Romy, my beef with the entire state of Michigan. You can't drink the water. Half the state's unemployed. The other half that was employed walked off their jobs to go on strike. And Arbor's full of cheaters. East Lansing's full of sexual predators. They have the audacity to say that the Jim Rose show sucks today. Hey, Mitten State. How about admitting that your craptastic state sucks and try and go join Canada? I'm out. Holy crap. War, Tennessee. War, Tennessee. Richard. Wow, bro. Well done. Rack him. Rack him. Dude, that was pretty systematic. He just took down the entire state. He just destroyed the entire state. Somebody from Tennessee... Just destroy the entire state of Michigan. 1-800-636-8686. Someone calls someone. The entire state of Michigan is down on aisle six. Pomona, Anthony. What's up, dude? What's your beef? What's up, Jimmy? My beef is with all these people complaining about having Arizona and Texas in the World Series. Now, being a Dodgers fan, I hate the Phillies. I hate Philly fan. I hate Rocky. I hate the Flyers. I hate that stupid mascot that they have, okay? Everything in Philly sucks. Kevin Hart, you suck too. And the Eagles, you're just going to lose again. Second of all, nobody wants to see the trash panda, Houston Astro, Julio Tuli. I can't take my shirt off because my wife gets mad at me. Bro, you're a bunch of cheaters, and everybody's glad you lost. Finally, we all want something. Unwork Kelly Clarkson losing weight. Ooh. Unwar Kelly Clarkson losing weight. Oot. Little rate, a little late rally. Here we go. 1-800-636. 8686. Let's go to Green Bay. Justin in Green Bay. Good to have you, Justin. What's your beef? Well, my beef is with dudes that thinks that animals dying on our highways is an issue. 
What did you think was going to happen when we laid pavement through their living room, bro? Great job, dude. I appreciate that response. What did you think was going to happen when we laid pavement through their living room? Great line, dude. You're right. I, I, I kind of let that go. I didn't react to it. I didn't respond to it. But why are you blaming the wildlife? It's scary. And I know this because we had a home in Montana. I saw it all the time. We have a home in Wisconsin. I see it all the time. There is nothing more terrifying than driving at night in areas where it's really dark and you see these deer just dart out of nowhere in front of your car. I've never actually hit a deer, but I've come close a couple of times. It's really scary. Really scary. <laughs> this guy said, hey, dude, what did you think was going to happen when we laid pavement right in their living room? They were there first. And, and by the way, they're not bothering us. They just want enough food and water. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try? Let's go to Tucson. Like I always say about the beef segment, beefs from all 50. Ernie in Tucson. You made it, Ernie. What's your beef? Hi, Jim. It's uh, yesterday's bandwagoner. Uh, my beef is with the people that roll up to I work at the landfill, and they ask me if it's hot enough in the middle of summer. Come on. Just slightly cooler than the sun. You know, there's a reason why we have five-gallon jugs of water standing by and three coats of uh, sun protector. Come on. Get with it, guys. Also, uh, Jim, uh, I want to rag on people that use cheap Bluetooth equipment where you hear everything but their voice. That's super annoying. That's my beef, Jim. I'm out. All right, Ernie, nice job. People who use cheap Bluetooth equipment where you can hear all the ambient sound and noise, everything but the voice. I always get a kick out of that when you see somebody rocking like some old school Bluetooth earpiece. Like the technology has advanced so dramatically. But a homeboy bought this piece like 10 years ago. It still works. Why upgrade? You know, I get it. And stuff's expensive. Except we can't hear a thing you're saying. Man, we're working hard. We're getting through it, though. Listen, I had a really good experience with Tennessee earlier. Why not go back there right now? Tennessee seems to be good at this segment. Anthony in Tennessee. Anthony, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. My beef is with the waitress that comes and takes your order, then decides to go take a smoke break, and when she walks back to bring your food, smells like a smoking ashtray. Come on, lady. Don't do that. Just bring my food. Come on! Yeah, I mean, she has a break. She has an addiction to nicotine. She's going to mix those two together. I agree with you, dude. Wow. 25 minutes after the hour. How about one more? Pittsburgh. Love the Berg. Jeff in Pittsburgh. Great to have you. What's your beef? Hey, Jimmers. My beef is with my coworker who gets 10 scratch-off tickets burns through them, hits one out of ten and goes, another winner. No. Nine losers. Moron. Jeff, I like it. The Berg is in. 
I don't know. It kind of depends, doesn't it? How much you won. All it takes is one. If he spent a hundred bucks on those ten scratchers, and the one winner was for five bucks, then I would agree with you. That's not a win. That's nine losses. One eight hundred six three six eight six eight six. Chalk is like taking this personally. He's going to the mat. He wants to finish on a winning note. What do you? All right, let's do it. Let's go to Parody Larry. You got to do it. Hey, man, maybe Parody Larry is the one guy that steps up. Maybe Parody Larry is the one guy. I mean, everything's all backwards anyway today. Maybe Parody Larry is the one thing that I can rely on in a good way. Let's go there right now. Lawrence, what is your beef? <laughs> Jim, I've also got a beef with these clown clones who say your show sucks today. Are you kidding me? Not only have you put these whiny Michigan men in their place, you've had Jim, Jim Kelly and Bruce Bochy on, two guys with some of the biggest heads on the planet. Get Barry Bonds on, and you'll hit the giant dome trifecta. Ah! No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Hey, Larry, let me ask you something. Hey, Larry, let me ask you something. What did you think of our number one when I had Thurman Thomas on right before I had Jim Kelly on? And, dude, was that not the best surprise ever when Marv Levy just called in on his own? thought that was incredible. Oh, and then, dude, what about when Bruce Smith tweeted at the program? Didn't that add even more to it? I love Larry saying, I got a problem with these clowns who are saying your show sucks when you put Bruce Bochy and Jim Kelly on. I don't know, dude. I've been here the entire morning. I don't remember speaking to Jim Kelly today. I did speak to Andre Reed, but I don't remember Jim Kelly. But thanks for defending my honor and the honor of the program, Lawrence. Hey, dude, great conversation with Jim Kelly. Hey, Larry, are you just are you just tripping around the Elville picking up resumes or dropping off resumes? Man, God, that was so great when Daryl Talley called up. I'm like. Daryl Talley, my man, you were at our tour stop, remember? And he said, I remember, Rome, you came in in that white Bronco. Yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Remember back in hour two when I started to reset the program and then Don Beebe out of nowhere was right there on the phone lines, Lawrence. Wasn't that incredible? That was so fun. You know the great thing about this show? You never know who might call, Larry. Like, like Steve Tasker. Remember when he called? And I had to go through the bottom of the hour sports update? Break. Yeah, I guess we do need a break, don't we? <laughs> Lawrence, stop giving me credit for Jim Kelly interviews that don't happen. How do you confuse Jim Kelly and Andre Reid? What are you doing, dude? Good night now! 